1: I'll probably, talk, I'll probably talk to the coaches, you know, just tell them what I see being out there on the floor, just letting them know, look, like, we, they know what we're doing. Like, we got to swing the ball. There's, we got a lot of players who can play basketball and score. So we got to get some more guys involved.
2: You're listening to The Dig.
0: What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig. I'm your host, Nick, and I have a special co-host today, all the way from Serbia. It's Miroslav Shuk. Did I say the last name Do- right? Yeah, you did.
2: Dobro from Serbia. It means good evening because it's, it's evening here. I meant to
0: learn some Serbian before we, we chatted today, and I, uh, I didn't. I was too busy crying over the game last night and reading through angry tweets on Twitter. All morning, I got distracted. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's so good to have you. We've talked about doing this forever. Uh, Jeremy got called into work today. We were gonna we were gonna do a trio, but uh, didn't happen this morning. So uh, Miro's gonna sit in and, and take Jeremy's place this morning. Happy to have him. He's one of our longtime, like first first fans, really loyal fan of the dig forever and ever. Uh, he's got his own podcast now. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Uh, with uh, Nuggets Europe, yeah, we, we actually started
2: our our own podcast uh, just uh, uh, on the day when the, the when the bubble started, when the when those uh, preparations before the scrimmage games began began. It was just on that day uh, a guy from from Ireland called uh, Michael who who owns a Colorado Europe uh, uh, internet platform and is doing podcasts about all Colorado sport teams for like five years now. He just wanted to to start uh, Nuggets podcast in Serbian because he felt there is a lot of uh, audience for it. So he kind of knew me from Mm -hmm. from the my DNVR visits uh, from from earlier and we just connected. Yeah. uh, Yeah, we just we just started it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's quite fun. So, quite is this
0: fun. a is this a thing in Europe? Is there sort of like an adopt a state, uh, like different Euro, like European areas where they sort of have like a state that they connect to a, a little bit more, or is there is there a California Europe site and a New York Europe site? I'm just curious. This is uh, this is interesting to me that there's a Colorado Europe like platform. Yeah, it, it was very
2: interesting for me because I had no idea it, it exists at all mm-hmm. because you know outside of basketball the other American major sports are not uh, particularly uh, uh, interesting European right yeah fans you know basketball is a, is a global game American football you know there is a lot of fans of it of mm-hmm. course but you know nobody outside of the U.S actually uh, played well so right why bother and uh, hockey is uh, more uh, more of a northern Europe mm-hmm. uh, sport so there is a lot of very good uh, uh hockey nations on the north and and baseball i don't know i i don't think anybody cares about. yeah baseball. probably not in <laughs> europe yeah
0: in asia there's a pretty big baseball following japan's got a really vibrant baseball yeah. league but yeah
2: so so i'm really amazed when i when i hear these rockies fans these broncos fans <laughs> these avs abs fans i really admire that because it's completely crazy you know <laughs> I, us in serbia we have a really good reason to to cheer for the Nuggets just the way we, we did like 20 years ago with, with Sacramento Kings. Yeah, sure. With, with, D, with Divac and Stojakovic, but I, I have to say this feel feels much more real because of the the, the, the social networks, because mm. everything is much more connected right, right now. So and, and also it, it's kind of a big deal that, that Jokic is actually the best player on the team. So that also helps a bit.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And hopefully we'll we'll cultivate this and, and uh, maybe we can keep some of your your Serbian listeners as Nuggets fans for life, even once Jogic has moved on. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. But, this, this is a case for me, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he is such a big part of, I mean, he's the cornerstone of the culture of this this team, obviously. And uh, I, I don't know enough about serbia or serbians to know how much of of jokic is serbian how much of it he's pulling from his culture in the way that he the way that he is the way that he plays um and so i you know i don't i try not to make too many assumptions about those kinds of things because obviously serbia is, you know every country is a big country there's lots of types of personalities lots of different kinds of cultural you know differences and things even within a country so uh but it has been awesome. I think one of my favorite parts about having Jokic be the best player on my favorite team has been this this whole sort of awakening of, in my mind of Serbia and 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 uh, what Serbia is like and 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 what and, and how international, as you just mentioned, basketball really has become. He he
2: had been in a really really great situation in Denver because the coaching staff uh, was. I would say they were lucky enough that. Uh, and Nurkic was hurt at the time as right. as, a, as a top prospect at that time so he 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 had his chance to prove himself in in the games and you know it, it really boils down to to a lot of luck yeah uh, be, besides the natural talent and the, the and the workmanship and
0: yeah whatnot. no i totally agree and i think that's true of of any anybody that becomes very successful typically will will tell you this that there's a lot of luck involved in uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it too it's not all luck but you you yeah. do have to kind of be right place right time right cir- circumstance and then have the talent and skill to take advantage of that when it happens um and and i think i'm sure Jokic was a beneficiary of that too but i i gotta think he would have been good wherever wherever he would have played he's so talented he would be good i'm not sure he would be this good yeah by 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 his age 25 i'm not sure of that yeah you very well might be right Although it's not been good enough uh, yet. Although really, uh, Jokic isn't really to blame for what's happening in this series. Uh, he's done his part, I think. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the theme for the show is who's to blame. The theme. There's a lot of blame going around right now. A lot of Nuggets fans are talking about Coach Malone. He's taken a lot of heat again. He took a lot of heat last playoffs, too, for his rotations. Uh, MPJ seemed to also throw some shade at Malone last night and possibly even Murray and Jokic, uh, which has stirred up a controversy. So we're going to get into some of that, uh, talk about why the series sits at 3-1 as it does today and uh, who's maybe to blame for that. And a little bit of fun stuff at the end about uh, everyone's favorite little mascot. All right, Miro. Burst my bubble. MPJ was right to call for the ball publicly after the game last night. So maybe I should just set the stage here for this question a little bit. MPJ made some comments last night after the game that got uh, even a lot of NBA players uh, (laughs) uh, responding. Uh, Dame Lillard went on a little tear about it after the game last night, uh, said MPJ's comments were out of line. It's not how you handle it, especially as a rookie. Uh, Here's what he had to say.
1: I mean that's really up to the play calls. It's really up to the coaches who they want to put the put the ball in whose hand. Um we kept going uh to Yoke and Ma. Um and that's you know, I think that's there's they're two amazing players, so you can never get mad at that. But I just think uh to beat that team we gotta get more players involved. We gotta move the ball a little bit better. Um we can't be predictable against that team. Um, nah, I think, you know, if I'm gonna be out there on the floor playing a lot of minutes, I think I should voice that. So I'll probably, talk, I'll probably talk to the coaches, you know, just tell them what I see being out there on the floor, just letting them know, look, like, we, they know what we're doing. Like, we got to swing the ball. There's, we got a lot of players who can play basketball and score. So we got to get some more guys involved. All right, so, uh, Miro, was
0: MPJ right to call for the ball publicly or to call for more uh, sharing of the load offensively?
2: yeah well even though i agree that that nugget's offense was was really really bad and uh, it it need to be reassessed for sure i mean can you imagine this happening like 30 years ago in the nba like a a rookie calling (laughs) out lenny wilkins (laughs) because he's not writing you know uh, the 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 possessions for him that's that's crazy i mean mm-hmm. kobe bryant I,
0: calling out phil jackson for not yeah, starting him <laughs> yeah, right if, if i
2: if i would move this this conversation to europe for instance if mpj was playing for Jelko bradovic the greatest european coach of all time he wouldn't be playing until 2022 <laughs> i mean he, he would just sit him at the end of the bench for next two seasons just for, for everybody to know that this is not something you're supposed to do. I don't know. We are living in a in a in a age of of player empowerment. Sure. But man, you you need to have some power behind you to to be powerful. I mean, you you, you need to be Dame Lillard. You need to be. Giannis. Why not? Giannis is, is young, but he's already a two-time MVP. These guys, mm-hmm. uh, I feel they they might be able to to say such things but even even they're not doing it this is why dame called out mpj and, yeah
0: uh, i yeah i agree i mean i i i would trust damian lillard on these kinds of things for sure to know what's sort of appropriate and what isn't i mean i it, here's here's where i am somewhat empathetic is that I felt the same way as MPJ last night watching the game. (laughs) I was like, throw the kid the rock. He's wide open on every play. Meanwhile, Murray has three guys around him who look like giants next to him who are essentially mauling him on the court. Murray's trying to create one-on-one every time he, he he was he was barely getting a, a you know a, a pass off to Jokic in, in the two man game in the pick and roll at which point Jokic would be immediately doubled and back and forth they would go that's the whole like whole fourth quarter was like that uh the only shots that uh, Grant got some wide open shots and he's been missing and i he we need to talk about him probably too he's, he needs to get some heat for this too because i think if Grant was hitting his wide open shots it would also be opening things up a, a little bit more for the other guys but but that two the two man game that Jokic and Murray have been able to rely on in games in the past, especially in the regular season and last year uh, to some extent in the playoffs, it's just not there against the Clippers. They 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 swarm it too well. They have the defenders to bottle that up. You have to have a third guy. There has to be that third option that burns you when you put too much emphasis on the two man pick and roll game, and they just they aren't they aren't finding MPJ. Grant's not hitting the the occasional shots that he's winding up with. And so you just get gross looking offense. It's just, it's been bad. And I don't, I don't see a way out of that other than what MPJ talked about, which was getting more guys involved. Now who that's on, I he kind of, the question was sort of directed a, a, a question about Malone. I believe that, that MPJ was responding to. So I think he was kind of saying like, yeah, like Malone needs to get, you know, uh, I don't know, do something to sort of get more people involved. But obviously, you know, Jamal Murray and, and Jokic are the, the two primary playmakers on the team. So, of course, they're it's going to be ultimately up to them to get guys involved, too, because uh, they're, they're the ones with the ball in their hand. They have to make the passes. So uh, I do think that all needs to happen. But I also agree with you that that and Dame that that conversation should have happened behind closed doors. Uh, it's it's just an unfortunate part of. <laughs> like well, I, I I always get frustrated by this kind of stuff because I really just care about truth. Like I, I like to just I like to just get the, the straight facts like out in the air and have you know and if if that offends someone, I, I generally don't care so much. I'm I, I'm more interested in getting to the bottom of truth and what's real and what's fake. Um but in a in a situation with a team where you have and this would be true like at work or wherever we have like a team of people and especially high-performing people with big egos it's really tough for the new guy to come in and then call everyone out publicly on national tv (laughs) right that's that's uh that's not your that's not your place and you know egos are going to get ruffled even though in substance i think mpj was right but that's that's going to be part of his learning curves he's got to learn the sort of tact that's involved um and in, in, in how to call people out, where to call them out, you know, how to voice your opinion in a way that's not going to upset your teammates. And it seems pretty likely that that's not what happened here. I don't think I mean, you you know, you follow Jokic really closely, too. I don't think this comment is going to like really get under Jokic's skin so much. He probably would agree with him. <laughs> I think Murray is probably the one Murray and Malone are probably the ones that are more upset by a comment like this. or Barton, maybe even who's not not here right now. But um, I don't know. What do you think about that?
2: There are actually two extreme uh, uh, ways this could go to. One is MPJ not playing in Game 5 at all. This is one extreme way it could go. The other way could be that Jokic just refused to shoot and just send every ball to Porto just, <laughs> just, just, just to prove his, uh, his point. You know? <laughs> that, that's also very extreme. I hope not, none of these things happen. <laughs> Denver is an, in a one-three hole. And, I don't know. I would.
0: Uh, I would kind of enjoy if they're going to lose game five. I'd kind of enjoy <laughs> seeing MPJ take like thirty-five shots. In here.
2: Yeah, and, and Jogic, Jogic 30, just
0: refuses to shoot. I would. I would kind of enjoy it.
2: Uh, out of those thirty-five shots, probably ten would be blocked. Oh know, yeah, because that that would be extreme. Extreme pushing it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, <laughs> listen, Nuggets need to win three games straight to win. And we will speak about the consequences of the next game later on. But if they would have a theoretical chance of winning three games straight, they could win, you know, one coin flip game uh, playing like this. It's possible, you know, you mm-hmm. just shut down Paul George again, or or he shuts him down himself as he yeah, playoff usually, you, you usually do it and, you know, just uh, just slam on, on Kawhi, if it's possible, and just to, to, to uh, limit him to 20 points or something like that. But if you want to win three games, you, you need a completely different, different game. You need a third guy because Jamal is too small and too slow for this series to dominate. This is just a fact. He, was, he had a much better situation last year against Portland. When you know the the worst guy on him was Rodney Hood. Come on, Rodney Hood. Right. We are now talking Kawhi, Paul George, and and this awful. No, Rodney Hood
0: gave him some trouble last year too. I mean, he has problems with these long, athletic defenders, and that's. I mean, yeah, I agree. But everybody has problems with Kawhi and Paul George. So that's. I mean, this is not. Unexpected. Yeah, this, is, this is the thing, Rodney Hood is not some kind of a
2: defensive superstar. This is what I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Murray, Murray had a much more favorable matchup last year, and he still couldn't do it. Right. Although he is a better player now than, than mm. a year ago, for sure. But this is what I want to say. When you have the situation where, where Jokic can dominate pretty easily because nobody can really guard him, and Murray is in his, this kind of uh, terrible situation, you need a third guy. To take the wheel and and uh, uh, give some space to Murray just to 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 have some uncontested shots or just uh, Mm -hmm. some cuts for him to to get some easy buckets for him.
0: Yeah, and there's just no yeah, there's nothing easy for Murray coming in this series, and that's. But see here, my frustration is uh, I'm gonna jump. Okay, let's move on to the next question because I'm gonna kind of jump ahead. This because this is some frustration I have with with Malone too, but. Burst my bubble, Miro. The Nuggets need to run sets for MPJ in Game 5. So we've talked about kind of how this could go, but is it on Malone to make this happen a little bit? The Nuggets have never really run much of an offense, per se. They sort of let Jokic and Murray create. Um, but is it, it does Malone need to actually install some plays for MPJ to get him involved, or maybe even some other players?
2: Yes, but he won't. Mm-hmm. There, There isn't enough time for it, I feel, because they haven't been trying it since, you know, they're, they've been in a bubble for how long? Two months, two and a half months mm-hmm. already. So they haven't really tried it yet live in the games. Maybe they're doing something in, in their uh, five on five uh, uh, testings, you know, but I, I don't feel there is enough time for for that this season. And that could be a knock on on Malone, not because of this situation here in the bubble, but for the whole season. Prior to the, prior to the uh, stoppage of the game, because he he didn't give uh, uh, MPJ enough minutes to to be integrated in the mm-hmm. office at all. He was he was playing ninety percent of his minutes with with the with the second uh, team. He he wasn't playing with Jokic much they couldn't feel each other at all so i'm afraid you know there is not enough time to implement it. they could try it and just say oh what a heck this is mm-hmm. not working let's let's just get crazy and yeah it it work.
0: Is, it's kind of hard to start experimenting in game five against the clippers um possibly i i for my money i think they're they're the likely champion this year um and they play really good really good defense and they've got just a really smart roster you know construction they i i really like how they've built this team um they have co- players that are very complementary to each other and that's just i yeah i i totally agree with you i think this a lot of this could have been ironed out ahead of time and this 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 gets to the the third point which is whether or not malone should be fired Learn more at marines.com. Now, this is a lot. There's a lot of overreaction during series like these, um, where your your team just gets really outplayed and it seems like you're getting outcoached. Uh, and whether or not Malone is getting out, I think he is getting outcoached somewhat. I think there's also some responsibility on the players here. But what is frustrating to me is Malone's comments after the game last night where he said that he's got to get Jamal some help because he's getting hounded out there. This is game four. Like you're just now realizing that in a series against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that Jamal was going to get hounded and would need help. Like why was this not thought of and game plan for going into game one? I mean, this, this should have been like everybody looking at this series ahead of time was saying, okay, this one's going to be really tough on Jamal. Jokic has to dominate. And we're going to need a third scorer. That was, I mean, anybody who follows basketball was basically saying this. Why is this news to Malone? Now, I I want to assume that it's not news to him, that they, they discussed it somewhere along the way, or they've done something to try to free up Murray that's not working, maybe. But I haven't really seen what that adjustment is. It seemed like last night when the game was in the balance they easily could that game the clippers were not scoring at will that game their, their, their defense was good enough to win that game they went a they all they needed was 100 points to win the game the nuggets should score 100 points when they roll out of bed this team has is good enough on offense that they should be able to score 100 any game even against a great defense and that the, that easily could have happened last night things got so bottled up because apparently either Jokic and murray weren't executing a game plan that malone had put in or they just weren't properly prepared for how to deal with the pressure of these perimeter defenders, and I I don't know which it is for sure. I'm not behind the scenes, so I can't say for sure. But it sh- but based on what Malone said last night about needing to get Jamal help, kind of sounded to me like he was saying that they haven't properly prepared for this level of heat on the perimeter, and and once that two two man game is shut down, they don't really have anything else to go to.
2: Well, I I I think it's not the execution it's the plan itself because if you look how this offense looks that's completely different uh, compared to how how Jokic is wired mm-hmm. he's not wired to play with one guy and just leave three guys in the corner that's crazy mm-hmm. this is, this is not his game this is completely against his nature so i i i believe i cannot be sure but i believe that uh, Malone was really pushing the two main game because mm-hmm. he was uh, believing in the strength of the one of the be- better pick and rolls in the game today, but uh, they didn't prepare the thing that he said about uh, needing to find some help for Murray. I think that's just something. Uh, uh for press to 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 be said you know because he he needs to say something you (laughs) know he 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 he, he's not supposed to say listen guys i'm totally incompetent (laughs) of of winning this series this is crazy wouldn't it be great if people just
0: said things like that though (laughs) (laughs) guys look i only pay attention to defense when they're on the offensive side i can like close my eyes yeah He's yeah, so uh,
2: I, 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 I wouldn't say that he's outcoached this time by, by Doc Rivers because I don't see anything so special in, in Clippers' defense. Yeah, uh, game plan. It's just, you know, they have really good players playing good defense and uh, one really great superstar playing offense by himself. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kawhi had like nine, nine assists last last game. I had no idea he had nine assists because he almost it never looks like he's he's looking for his teammates, mm-hmm. but he did because, you know, he's a great player. So I, I would say that Malone was much more outcoached by Quinn Snyder in the first series mm-hmm. against Utah because Utah is not a good team. I mean, it, it's a good team, but it's not a great yeah, team. It's, right. it's, it's nothing close to the Clippers. So, you know. Nuggets almost uh, fall down from that series as well, and if we are talking about firing uh, Malone, that would be a sure thing if they failed to to get past Utah. But now that we are here, in in semifinals playing against an obviously better team than the Nuggets are, and with uh, having Will Barton out of the rotation, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, I have mm-hmm. some personal feelings about it but well, uh, please, please go ahead and but. share those to our <laughs> five listeners my, near <laughs> my, my personal feeling is that that malone has kind of hit the wall with this with this team mm-hmm. he he's done a really really good job bringing them from a 30 win team to 54 win team or whatever they are right now which is a great accomplishment he grew together with the team but uh uh it, it, maybe he was thinking that the the team wasn't ready to to attack the the championship this year so this is why he didn't put all of his strengths into into integration. Yeah, mpj it, i don't yeah, know
0: it could be but that's and that's frustrating to me though because because i agree with you i think that might be what he was thinking but i would have taken the opposite tack that if you're not going for a championship this year then play mpj like Get him the get him the reps he needs to get caught up on defense. I mean, we can all tell already. His big problem is that he's slow on some rotations on defense, and he's a little he's a little slow keeping up keeping in front of a guy. Right. Well, the only way you're going to improve on that stuff is to play more. That's it. Like I don't I don't think any any level of practice is ever going to 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 catch a guy up to game speed defense, like he, and especially playoff level. Defense. I mean, the game just goes to another level that you cannot simulate in practice, and the only, it just M, like if MPJ was was a little bit better defensively right now, his offense like he he should be starting in this series, and he should be scoring twenty to twenty five a game easily. He scored fifteen in the first half yesterday, on eight shots. He's super efficient because he shoots really well, so he doesn't need a ton of shots to to put up big numbers, and he's a great offensive rebounder. He's really good at getting putbacks um, and and generating some of his own offense just when things break down and the Nuggets desperately need that, especially without Will Barton in there too. And I think this series more than the Utah series, even, I think the Nuggets have really missed Barton. I I think, I I think Barton, especially in a game like last night, I feel like Barton would have been a huge swing for them or a, a, somebody who could have potentially turned the tide in that game, you know, in the, that lull in the third quarter when the offense just ground to a halt. I was thinking last night about you know if we had if we had Barton in there just able to kind of generate a little bit of one on one offense, just a little bit of energy. You know somebody who's just he's always bringing it. He he I, I very easily could have seen him getting the big steal and and a, and a fast break dunk or, so, or something to to kind of ignite things a little bit. He just they were they were missing that. They got a little bit of that from Gary Harris, but Harris's offense has just been too inconsistent for too long to really be that real like spark plug. He was in game two when they won. And those threes that he hit were, were enormous. And and I was, I was on Twitter saying Harris is back. And if Harris is back that this team could win a championship. I mean, I I felt that way. Now we've seen a couple of games where the offense isn't there. His defense is still there, but he's again, just another guy who's just too inconsistent uh, on the offensive end. And that's where Barton, I think would have provided a consistent level of production here that we're really missing. And so yeah, can you put all the heat on Malone? Um no, uh, of course in any team sport like I don't think anybody takes all the blame. But I do I'm wondering if you aren't correct in that this this may be as far as the Nuggets will go with Malone. Like, can I can I really honestly see them winning a championship with Malone? I'm I'm struggling with that because I'm I'm not seeing Malone making adjustments on the fly during games as quickly and as cleverly as he needs to, I think, in order to win those little tiny battles that you have to win to end up winning it all. Uh, because at this level, all these teams are good. They're all talented. It's all the little stuff that's going to change the, the game. And just, you know, if your message after every game is, well, oh, you guys should have tried harder on defense. You should have rotated quicker. I mean, that's, that's not a <laughs> that's that's not great coaching. Like um, there's a lot of matchup things going on that he's not exploiting. Uh, Just a perfect example. Last night, Paul George goes out with his fourth foul right at the beginning of the third quarter. So what does Malone go to? Millsap and Torrey Craig on the floor, just totally bottling up the offense. Two guys that just cannot score. And it just totally bottled up everything for Jokic Chiburi. And the game just ground to a halt. It was just this stagnant sort of free throw contest in the third quarter. Why in that moment do you not go to your all-offense lineup? Do you not go to your big-time your big time scores? Why do you not bring MPJ in immediately when Paul George goes out and have MPJ start taking advantage of the mismatch that he's now going to have on everybody? Because Kawhi is the only real legitimate defender out there now, and Jamichael Green a little bit, but he can take that guy. You know, it's just it's the, those little things through the course of the game, and this this has happened for two series now, and honestly it happened a lot last year in the playoffs too that's just – it's really starting to show me that Malone's kind of a one-trick pony a little bit. He he can coach guys up on defense. Uh, he's a great soundbite. I really love him as a person and as a, as a like a leader. I think he's a great just sort of character as a leader for your team. But he just doesn't seem to be able to make adjustments on for offense. Um, I think he can make some adjustments to shut things down defensively. I just don't see his ability to make to have any kind of focus on offense and what needs to be done offensively to make the team more successful. Um or at least the team isn't implementing them if he's trying. I I I, I don't know, but so there's my little rant on Malone. Um having said all of that, <laughs> I don't think he's going to get fired. I the Nuggets have been pretty adamant about, you know, and TC has been has been adamant about building this culture and this, you know, kind of continuity and you know, they've signed these guys to Max Deals, even, you know, the Murray Max deal was a little bit controversial because, you know, Murray hasn't even made an all-star team yet. But, you know, they've done some of these things just to build this this culture and to show that they really believe in their guys. And I really respect that. So, I you know, if they decide to stick with Malone and it's just this is the group, this is our this is our team, this is our coach. And we're going to build, you know, for two, three, four years, you know, working with this same the same bunch and just see if that continuity will pay off in the end. I'm willing to go on that ride, but I am, I am really starting to wonder if this is a Mark Jackson sort of situation with the warriors where like he, he kind of got them where he could and they needed Steve Kerr to get over the top. I I don't know who our Steve Kerr would be, but um, it's possible that we could be looking at something like that happening. Yeah.
2: It's a, you know, the last time we really felt targets played really well was two years ago. That was the last good season of of uh, Gary Harris. The last mm-hmm. all good season of Gary Harris. Uh, the the offense was really uh, nice. The ball was popping Pop as as uh, yep. popping as Adam likes to say. <laughs> but the reality of of that team is that they've missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to the playoffs. So. The next, the following two seasons, they played some really ugly basketball, really, mm-hmm. really hard to watch basketball. Very but up and down been, offense
0: for sure. Yeah, very,
2: very up and down, but the defense was really good most of the time. Well, mm-hmm. at least while while Millsap was was available, mm-hmm. the defense was really, really good. When M- Millsap had se- several injuries during that time, when the defense also f- fell down, but. You know what? When defense fell down, the offense started to pick up because they had no mils up in the in that's the right. lineup. That's right. So this is the problem because Nuggets either have pretty good offensive players yep. with no defensive advantages, or some really scrappy defenders with with no offensive talents, and that's the problem. Um, and their two best not-
0: players are are really much more gifted offensively than defensively, and. Yeah. they're just not how do you, you know, how do you try to build a defensive minded team how do you try to build the Spurs around two offensive players I don't know That's, and that seems like what the Nuggets have been trying to do for three years
2: Yeah, it's, it's because I, we, we already have the proof of, of the Phoenix Suns with Mike D'Antoni mm-hmm. the, the seven seconds or less yeah, Phoenix Suns they, they've been a really good uh, uh, regular season team Steve Nash got two MVP titles with, with that mm-hmm. team, but they could, couldn't could do anything. In yeah, playoffs. you can't
0: go, for sure you can't go all offense. I mean, that's been, yeah. that's been, even the, even the Warriors with their, their insane offensive production, uh, when they were really in the, in the heart of their run, it was really their defense that took them to the next level and got them their, their three championships in a row, a uh, really underrated defense. Absolutely, but, Draymond, Draymond Green is one
2: of the greatest defensive players of all time. And right, and Clay, Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson is, is brilliant defensively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you 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 need to go both both directions in order to be a winning team. And when we say that that Michael Porter is the, the third star on this team, he is also a guy lacking that's lacking right. on, de- on defense. At least right right now, he might not be as bad in a couple of years, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm just. You know, trying to figure out how far uh, ahead of schedules the nuggets were last year, and are they still ahead of schedule this this year and this these playoffs maybe maybe it's just you know you you concentrate on these three guys, let all the veterans go again like they did uh, a couple of seasons ago mm-hmm. and try to to start from almost a scratch because the main main problem I I can see right now in the Nuggets' offense is the lack of playmaking, mm-hmm. because you have a great playmaker in Jokic, you have a, a really good playmaker in Murray, uh, at least for the last couple of months, and that's it. You have Gary yeah. Harris, who who used to be a, a kind of a playmaker two years ago. Mm-hmm. He completely lost that because he turned into a into a. Uh, not a star, but, a, but, a, a guy that's, that's helping the stars mm-hmm. and you have player. G- role player. And then you have the, the, Jeremy Grant, who has no playmaking in him whatsoever. Paul Millsup as well, you know, and, and who do you have be- behind them when, when you're lacking Will Barton? This is why Will Barton yeah, is, is really yeah, strong. They're really missing so him. Yeah. 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 He's that third playmaker mm-hmm. on the team
0: or and even, even second. With- Even with MPJ's emergence, I mean, I think I could even see a scenario where you still have, you know, Murray, Murray, Barton, MPJ, Grant, Jokic in or something. I mean, that that lineup is going to score and they're going to be able to defend a little bit. I don't look at, you know, Grant's done a pretty good job staying in front of Kawhi this series. Um, I thought the Nuggets played some. I mean, they played great defense last night. They played fantastic defense in game two. That was some of the most swarming, aggressive defense that I've ever seen this unit play ever and Grant was a large part of that. He was all over the floor in that game. He didn't really score much. And that's see again this is the problem is it seems like the more defense energy these guys are exerting on defense, the more their offense suffers. And then vice versa. And they get going offensively, they sort of just fall down on the defensive side. And it's just gotten yeah, it's just gotten really frustrating to watch. They just seem to not be able to line those two things up. And and as you pointed out, some of that could just be age. I mean, it could just be that these guys are young, they're immature, it's hard to bring energy on both ends of the court, you know, for 40 minutes in a playoff game. Uh, Kawhi seems to do it. So I'm, I'm not sure why other players can't, but um, I, I do think even players like Kawhi and LeBron kind of pick their spots. I think you, you kind of learn to feel the game a bit more and know, you know, okay, it's like go time now, you know, I, I, the third quarter when Paul George went out last night, to me, that was where the game was lost. And that was go time for the Nuggets. It was okay. Okay. PG is going to sit for the entire third quarter. They have four they They're in the penalty and with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. It's go time. And that's the time it should have been a, an all out, you know, eight man rush <laughs> football analogy or something. It should have been just a total offensive blitz. And instead the nuggets decided to slow everything down, grind the game to a halt and let the Clippers just sort of whittle their way through it. Uh, by, by hounding murray and keeping the game stagnant and that's yeah, just so it's so annoying so frustrating to see this because you know like they have the talent that's it's the the players are there are on the court they could win this series i i think if maybe maybe they can't win it for two more years maybe they're just too young or maybe it's a coaching move here or there that's tripping them up or, or maybe it's just not having Barton out there. It's just that one missing piece. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a combination of all of the above probably, but I, I at least, at least we can say this maybe to leave off on a uh, burst my bubble, which our bubble is quickly being burst. It seems like uh, <laughs> probably by tomorrow night. Um, but I think, you know, the nuggets have the superstar talent on this team to really be competitive for a long time and have it locked up. And so I I think now what we're talking about is, is filling in the right supporting players while these guys grow together and, and then seeing if we can figure out a way to fit MPJ into this and if we can keep him in Denver. And I I think if those things happen, I I really do think this unit's going to win a championship in the next three years, but um, it's not, it's not a given. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's definitely a lot of improvement that has to happen uh, with our stars, with our coaches, uh, with, um, with the front off. I mean, the front office has done, I think, a great job the last the last few years in drafting and bringing in, in players. But this is going to be another big offseason. You you have Millsap and Mason Plumlee com- coming off the books. You've got Gary Harris going into, I believe, the final year of his deal. Um, you've got some decisions to make, like Tory Craig is a free agent. Uh, and then you have to figure out, is, is Bull Bull going to be, you know, kind of a, a, a stable rotation player here? Or is he just sort of a unicorn that we hope develops at some point? We just kind of stash him on the bench and just let him do his thing. I mean, there's just all these all these question marks, right, going into into next season now. And, uh, you know, to some extent, that's true of most seasons. But, um, you know, I, I, I the Nuggets have a lot to work with. And I guess that's that's more than anything what has me excited and why i'm not too down on this series i mean i thought the clippers would take this anyways i'm hoping the nuggets get at least one more they can take it to six i just if nothing else just them you know any additional experience these guys can get against a really good championship caliber team is going to really help them develop um but but i'm not yeah i'm, I'm trying to not get too down or, or start beating them alone needs to be fired bandwagon and stuff because this this team was very unlikely to win a championship this year anyway. Uh, and, and as you said about the timetable earlier, they probably are ahead of schedule at this point, don't you think?
2: It's possible. We will see because there is a lot of money invested in their key players at the mm-hmm. moment. You have Jokic, Murray, Barton, and Harris earning together $90 million next season. Mm-hmm. And if you give another fifteen to... To Grant, that's one five already, so that's five guys. So sure, you have cheap guys like Ball Ball, you have uh, Vladko, you have uh, Michael Porter still on his rookie mm-hmm. deal, but you see there is not a lot of uh, of uh, space for for uh, big improvements uh, on free agent market. For mm-hmm. sure, they can use that. Uh, uh, taxpayer mid-level exception or whatever it's called to like like 10 million dollars guy but is is a 10 million dollars guy a, a needle that will uh, something that will move the mid- needle? yeah i don't know for this team i'm not sure i mean and do you even bring back vet-
0: grant i don't know for if, if grant could, if somebody's gonna give him 20 million a year next year i don't
2: that's know that's a really good
0: question i don't think he's worth it um but I don't know yeah it's they got some they've got some stuff to work through for sure
2: yeah they, they could theoretically lose Grant Mills up and Plumley mm-hmm. all at the same time and and have only Jokic and, and ball on the roster for the next season which is uh not something Mike Malone would like to see he he likes to have a mm-hmm. backup plan in case Jokic gets hurt, even though he never gets hurt. But <laughs> in case he gets hurt, he, he, ne- he needed Plumlee as an as insurance policy for this team. And I actually like Plumlee as a regular season uh, player. I, I like him uh, as a 15-minute, as a 20-minute guy, maybe, mm. during the regular season. But he needs to be on a much lower contract. For that to be a viable, op- viable option for, for the
0: next few years. Let's have a little fun with our last segment, just to lighten the mood. Fill in the blank. All right, Muriel, let's play a little fill in the blank, the little mascot edition patrick beverly is blank there is a saying in serbia (laughs) i love call
2: called the 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 village idiot (laughs) you know so you have this really loud guy (laughs) if you have a soccer game in your in your village you know you have like some really low level league (laughs) <laughs> uh, playing in your village and you have this idiot just just screaming at the referee all the time and he's putting pressure pressure on the referees <laughs> and uh, and on the visiting players and this is how you you keep your you know coaches and your uh, officials intact you know this is actually something that politicians do sometimes as well you have some prime ministers or or presidents of countries using uh, some guy in their, in, in their you know, uh, government, that's always screaming some outrageous takes, you know, to, to somebody. Oh, Just well, in, the, in this so-
0: country, that would be our president, so. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: okay. That, that's, that's also a We're concept. We're pretty familiar.
0: Yeah, we're pretty familiar.
2: <laughs> but, you know, if you have this village idiot, then your president or your, your uh, <laughs> prime minister can still be, you know, distinguished, but still... Uh, send his messages to to those who need to hear them. So this is the same thing with Pat Beverly because, you know, he's uh, he's doing that so Doc Rivers doesn't have to do it all the time, and you know he he can he can save save his strength for the fourth quarter or whatever just to put pressure on the referees. So uh, yeah, I, I would <laughs> call I would call Pat Beverly a, a village idiot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like it. Oh, Pat Beverly, he is a virus. Man, I cannot stand that guy. I didn't know how much I hated him, really, until this series. He really amps up his level of annoyance for the playoffs. He really he really he takes it from 10 to like 17 in the playoffs. I mean, if just the the whining that he does after every time he hacks, he's basically hanging on Murray in this series. He's more or less jumping on his back and just piggyback riding him down the court every time down the floor and then complaining for 30 seconds after he gets a foul call. His comments after Game three about Jokic flailing were so hysterical. Zubach shot more free throws than Jokic did in that game. <laughs> like yeah. Jokic we uh, Ryan Blackbird went back through all of Jokic's uh the calls uh, uh on Jokic that game. He said there was maybe one flop out of like 10 calls. And and I mean, in today's NBA, if you're only flopping 10% of the time, you're probably that's probably a problem. You probably need to be flopping more than that. Um yeah. To be honest. So, yeah, like the fact that the the Clippers had this sort of strategy to come out and complain about the refing after they're getting all the calls for the <laughs> first three games was so hysterical and Patrick Beverly leads that he leads that parade and he just gets he has this way of getting the reason I called him a virus he gets under your skin and you he just takes you out of your game like you can't he you can't function at 100 when you got this this little annoying like cough you know that you just can't shake the whole game that's and that's that's his role on this team. I'm not saying it's not effective. It absolutely is effective. And that's also why it's annoying. I mean, he wouldn't be so annoying if he wasn't effective. (laughs) If he he wasn't able to get, I mean, clearly he is, he is frustrating Murray. Um, Kawhi, PG, they're frustrating Murray, you know, too. But it's just, uh, there's something about Beverly and his antics and his finger twirling that just has, just sucked the fun out of this series for me. To be honest, I'm just—I cannot stand watching these guys, these very talented players who probably are going to win it all, whine to the refs the way that they do, and 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 sort of foul and then complain about foul calls the way that they do. It's just been brutal, awful. Game four was basically unwatchable for me. I, I watched it because I had to, but it was not not a fun time for me.
2: Uh, you say that uh, that Clippers will probably win it all. There is one thing about it. Now that Milwaukee is out of the the competition, mm-hmm. I have to say I don't like any of the any of the main teams that are left. You know, I, yeah. I don't like. I, I just don't like them. I don't. I don't like, either. I agree. Yeah. I don't like these mercenary teams like Lakers or Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I, I don't like...
0: mind the Celtics. I, I guess if I had to pick a team, at least they have some young talent that they've homegrown and. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of respect for their coach. Uh, so I don't know, and the, I don't know the Heat. Maybe eh. I, I respect the style that the Heat play. I don't really love Jimmy Butler, although I've I've kind of grown to like him more this this year than I had in the past. Um, but I know what you're saying. It does. Yeah, it seems like every every team is just sort of loaded with with mercenaries, and and they tend to congregate on the coasts, and it's just it's becoming this sort of big city, big market. You bide your time in the in the small market. You make you make your all-star games, you go get your max deal with the big the big city team and then you know, it's the same six teams every year in the finals. Whatever. It's same in the, you know, on the last the last grouping. I don't know. Sorry, I it, didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: It, it it's something that used to happen in in the past as well. You had Will Chamberlain going to the Lakers, you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar going to the Lakers. You know, it's not something that happened for the first time, sure. but it, it always felt that every team back then had like two main guys and a bunch of role players again, uh, around them. So you, you you could have like 15 really good competitive teams. And now you, you have a situation where you have uh, 10 teams that are complete rubbish comparing to, to mm-hmm. all the other teams. You know, they, you see those, these teams that have no, no chance in hell. To, to compete for anything more than, than eight seed in their respectable uh, uh, conference. So th- this is the part I don't like. It's just because everybody's trying, all the big stars are trying to go to the coast cities, mainly Los Angeles, New York and Miami, I guess. So um, I, I'm, I'm not happy about it, especially being a Nuggets fan seeing that there right. is no no hope in hell that we could get a Giannis or 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 right. even together you know i don't i don't know who will be available next time around but but he sure will not be looking at we we had some well this ideas. is also why we
0: love Jokic and Murray right i mean we've got a couple guys who have committed here and that's that's awesome like and and i'm glad that you know denver was the type of place that Jokic felt comfortable at and a place that he wanted to be long term same with Murray um. yeah Jokic, Jokic I
2: would say Jokic doesn't mind Denver because mm. I don't feel that he's doing much more than playing video games in his <laughs> spare time. <laughs> yeah. So for him Which, I think I think he it would just be more
0: expensive to do that in New York or LA. <laughs> that's right. I think
2: he appreciates, you know, less rush hours and yeah. you know less less crowded s- streets I guess compared yeah. to New York or Los Angeles. So I think he would be uh, feeling uh, as as well in Indianapolis
0: or in Milwaukee yeah, yeah. or I don't know, you know. So uh, Hey we have we have like several cheesecake factories here, so <laughs> he seems to be right at home.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a bonus as well.
0: <laughs> Do you guys have cheesecake factory in Serbia?
2: Not really. Cheesecakes are not yeah. not really big in Serbia. They are actually just. Starting for the last 10 15 years we have oh, okay. some you know New York type cheesecakes something like that mm. here but <laughs> it's it's not it's not traditional we have uh, uh, many other kinds of sweets that we prefer to cheesecake
0: yeah this is like a it's a chain here they have they have food too um and all every it's pretty good but it's it's like a chain you know so it's there's there's one in every city basically and um it's just Really over the top, like crazy amount of calorie kind of food, typical like <laughs> American, you know. Fare. Uh, and then their specialties, of course, cheesecakes. Which uh, yeah, they have like fifty kinds of. And Jokic, <laughs> Jokic said that that was his favorite restaurant in the in the off season. So I just like to get those digs in every once in a while. It's kind of funny. Uh, but I don't blame him. Cheesecake is good, and uh, maybe you guys will discover that in the coming years in Serbia or not, um, you probably have other things that are good too, I'd imagine. So,
2: yeah, we, we do because Serbia <laughs> is, you know, on the crossroad of Europe. So there, there, there have been a lot of winds coming from west, from east, from mm. south, from, from the north. So we actually have a mixture of many, many good cuisines here in Serbia. So yeah, we are, we are a bit spo- we are a bit spoiled to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in us. As as far as I know, you can order any kind of food you like at probably any any time.
0: Yeah, in, if you're uh, in a bigger city, day, I mean, you can yeah. definitely get. Yeah, if you can definitely get whatever you want, whenever you want it, pretty much. And that's, I mean, I, I guess that's the that's the benefit in some ways of America. It we, you can kind of have like, you know, we have a lot of 24 hour places. We have a lot of options for restaurants and all kinds of things like that. But it's kind of also a drawback a little bit of this place is we kind of, it kind of makes you lazy and it kind of makes you entitled and just, there's other, there's other problems with that. So I do notice when I, when I've gone to Europe, it was something I definitely noticed is just, Oh, we, we kind of have to plan our day a little bit more to like, be able to go get the kinds of food we want or get, you know, do the things we want to do. Whereas here, you don't really have to think too much about that. You kind of can have what you want when, I mean, just you know, within reason. Um, not every restaurant's twenty four hours or, or whatever, but all right, Miro. Wrap it up with this. If you could change one thing about this series, why would you put Beverly on the Nuggets?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that seems like a pretty good
2: uh, good answer. It's <laughs> yeah. a question. Can I can I take Kawai? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kawhi would be pretty useful as well, you know. Yeah, I would I, would I would take him. Yeah, I would take him. Uh, I don't know, man. I I I would like to have a different kind of offense because you know, if we leave out the, the game 1 where Nuggets just didn't have any fuel in their tank for the the, the other 3 games, I uh, I didn't feel that that the Clippers were that that better at all. I don't even either, in, yeah. even in this fourth game I mean, the Clippers won it like, what, with like nine points, something like that. But yeah, they're nine, just
0: slightly better. That's what's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the
2: thing about this game is, it, it never felt like a small advantage. These nine points, because I never felt that Denver could uh, score nine straight mm-hmm. and just uh, just uh, equalize, because right. the, the 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 offense was so bad. But on the other hand, you know, if if you would have. Something, something different uh, on the offense, and and offer some some more uh, um, some some more problems to 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 the Clippers. They would get uh, get better chance. I'm not saying that you know if they would make set plays for MPJ, that would miraculously solve all their problems. Because who knows? Maybe they right. just put Kawhi on MPJ, and he couldn't. Uh, lift a a single shot up. You know, maybe he's just his shadow because he's not super fast. Kawhi is also not super fast, but he's stronger than him, even though he's shorter. So who knows? Who knows what would happen? But at least we would know. And at this point, we only know what we know. And that's not, not great against the Clippers.
0: Thank you so much for being on, Mira. I'm glad we got this in. We've talked about doing it for a while. Uh, I'm going to be on your show here in just a little bit. I'm going to be jumping on with the Serbian Nuggets podcast. um, And I will try to pick up a couple words for the first 30 minutes and use them in the second 30 minutes when we uh, (laughs) get to English. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm super, super honored that you guys are are having me on and it, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on today follow nuggets europe serbia on spotify they're also doing live streaming which we'll be doing here in a little bit and then that goes up on uh, youtube wherever you get your videos from and you can hear more from uh, miro slav in his own language uh, talking with uh, some other knowledgeable serbian basketball fans nuggets fans now Jogic fans um, and they're doing a great job, and they're getting uh, a, a nice following uh, over there in Serbia. It sounds like so it's great. I can't I can't thank you enough, and wish you the best of luck with with all of this. It's it's just great. The more voices we have, and from and from having voices from different parts of the world too is uh, wonderful. And you mentioned this before about you know how we have this level of communication and sort of uh, ability to to have you know you're in Serbia, we're having this Skype conversation here. We're gonna put it up on the web. In a few hours, and people from all over the world can listen to it if if they want um this this really is an incredible time and it's it's uh it's neat to be a member of the nuggets community and have that kind of uh reach and 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 to have this growing Serbian fan population is awesome, and we welcome it yeah hey, it's brilliant our houses are shut down, but we all hang
2: out yeah. that's throughout right throughout the that's world right. the world is <laughs> has never been smaller absolutely.